What's up, what's up, what's up? It's Vegas, a.k.a. Mr. 702, live from the building, and we are about to go under the armor. While I am not quite sure what book I was reading some time ago, but there was a passage, and it said a bad decision cost you about seven times as much as a good decision. And over the last week, there was a major tragedy. Henry James Ruggs III was driving 156 miles per hour before he slammed into a Toyota at 3.40 a.m. on Tuesday morning, erupting the vehicle full take and igniting it into a fireball, killing an individual. I am not the person to pass judgment on Henry. And as someone who is human, who has made a plethora of poor decisions, who am I to judge him? However, what I would like to examine is the decisions he made. 3 a.m. in Las Vegas is not the idea hour to be out, period. This is literally coming from a Vegas local. There is not much that can be done. Well, technically there is at 3.40 a.m. on a Tuesday. But a lot of it involves things that may not work out in one's favor. Then we have to examine driving at 156 miles per hour is utterly reckless. There is no explanation. There is no deep philosophy. There is no words that can really state how just reckless that is. On top of that, in the the days preceding it, it was confirmed that Henry will be facing additional charges due to the possession of a firearm. Once again, we are all humans and we all make bad decisions. It is part of life, part of maturing, part of becoming the person and who you are. I was reckless in my 20s. I was extremely reckless. I committed many mistakes and some that still affect me to this day. According to the University Studies in California, which concluded under the right circumstances, a subconscious neurobiological sequence in our brain causes us to perceive the world around us that contradicts objective reality, distorting what we see and hear. This powerful shift in perception is unrelated to our intelligence, morals, or past behaviors. In fact, we don't even know that it's happening, nor can we control it. This phenomenon, which we will call brain shift, occurs in two distinct situations, those involving high high anxiety and those associated with major reward. I thought that to be increasingly interesting, that we can enter a state of psychological being where We are no longer even using our day-to-day ideology, our day-to-day judgment, our day-to-day brain, where we shift into a world that is not even real. 
under the unique conditions, all of us would do something just as incredible as the contrary to what we tell ourselves. Put it in layman's terms, we can create an opportunity where we subconsciously allow different thoughts to take over and act a fool due to having a perception that is disordered, therefore conducting ourselves in what we may feel is reasonable within that altered state. And then once we re-enter reality, now we have to be accountable for those things that many would classify as poor or questionable decisions. In a biblical sense, we must atone for all transgressions. Transgressions. This is something I believe 100%. That is why I am so hell-bent on being fully accountable for all my actions. Because in a way, whether you want to say that you did it or whether you want to place blame on somebody else, a lot of times when you have done something wrong, you must atone or be accountable for it. Um, I think one of the reasons that is why the quote of a bad decision costing seven times as much as a good one is fairly accurate. A bad or poor decision oftentimes alters our path in life in a profound way in comparison to a wise decision. Let's take Mr. Henry, the NFL wide receiver. Had he hired a driver or he caught an Uber, he would be playing football on Sunday for the Las Vegas Raiders against the New York Giants. However, Mr. Henry is no longer a part of the Raiders because they released him and he is also on a strict house arrest awaiting his fate. And while we do not know what will happen to him as far as our court system, what we do know what has happened to him is he has caused himself to be put in such a bind or predicament in his current state due to a poor decision, which was compounded by other poor decisions. I believe Professor Xavier of the X-Men said it best. We must always be in control of our mind state. When we make poor decisions, they oftentimes are so taxing upon our personal life, upon our professional life, upon our finances, it, it it goes without saying in the world of business, in the world of of trading stocks, um, of of just anything. You you can be great for a long time, be making good money, be making the correct trades, and then you bet on GameStop when it's too late. You put your lifestyle in it, and then boom, it doesn't amount to anything. It it, it takes so much time to recover because it was so catastrophic. And I say all this to say that, once again, I am not personally judging Mr. Henry Ruggs. I just thought that his situation was a a talking point for this week's podcast about just realizing that bad decisions are so costly so extremely catastrophic, so taxing that one must always be doing diligent work upon their mental and emotional 
in order to minimize those bad decisions or minimize those opportunities to make bad decisions. On November 2nd, I turned 32. After reflecting on my life, one of the strongest thoughts is how complex life is. Often we make plans in life. And I know me, I am a big planner. Speaking of plans, I got to redo my goal board for 2022. But I am one of those individuals that is always thinking short term, you know, six months to a year, midterm, two to five years and long term, five plus years. And um, on my birthday, I was just reflecting and thinking and I was just thinking about three years ago, one of my central focuses was creating a gym. Um, this is a deep passion of mine. It's combining my um, education and my MBA with the passion for physical fitness. I started looking for buildings. I was reaching out to companies who would help veterans who were small business owners. And then, boom, COVID happened. And it uprooted me from the DMV to Atlanta. And despite how much I tried to plan my life, there is always going to be the power of the unknown. It all seems simple when we are young and naive. Go to school. Get a good job. Reach all of our goals. It all seems that it's in, that it's within reach. We are filled with hopes and dreams and vigor and we know where we want to do and where we want to go. And then life happens. Post high school for many of my contemporaries, that is when the training wheels came off and we started truly experiencing this journey, which is life. For me personally, oh, being 18 in the U.S. Army while still having major undealt with child traumahood issues, fast tracking to a deployment with little to no self-discipline, getting married during my R&R and then moving to the South for a city slicker was quite a lot. Even back then, I believed I had everything figured out. I knew everything and couldn't nobody tell me nothing. And for a short while, if I could be quite honest with you, everything was going to plan. However, over time, things started changing. Life started to happen. And eventually, my Everything is going according to plan world got turned upside down. And I can even kind of feel it, even just reminiscing on it. At those moments of, of my life shifting and things changing, it would create so much stress and anxiety within me because I have the ability to be extremely controlling. And when life throws a banana peel like off of Mario Racing, I would go crazy trying to control everything and, and um, probably what I should have been doing was enjoying the spin. And over the last, you know, few years of my life, I've become more accepting and appreciating that life is not linear. Life in no way is linear. You don't go A, B, C, D in a straight line. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I thought. I don't even know what makes us think that as kids. Maybe it's just the fact that we don't understand life because we 
as children and as young people, oftentimes live in a very sheltered perspective of life. Even if you have to experience some growing up fast, it's not until you're truly, truly, truly accountable for all your actions that you realize how unsettling and and ever-shifting life is. Um, It doesn't always make sense, and expecting a logical progression is folly, especially in the world that we live in today. We don't have a set direction or a secret map to tell us what to do and where to go. And our paths are winding and filled with forks. We are on our own. We have to figure out how to get to where we want to go. And to be honest with you, I am still on the path. And by no way do I have everything all together. I am walking this journey with a different mind state, with a greater appreciation, with a greater understanding. However, these twists and these turns are still as wild and as crazy as ever. But I do believe that there are some SOPs or or some rules that fit that can help us on this non-linear journey. First and foremost, you know me, I always believe in movement, momentum. And so therefore, we have to be moving forward. Um, We don't have to know what may work or what may not work. And honestly, moving forward, sometimes you just got to figure it out as you get there. But the act of moving forward and the, and the, the dedication of momentum, it helps a lot because it, it allows it allows us to be open to exploring new things. And I know that that's very, very cliche, but it, when we're walking on our path and when we're walking through life, we have to experience the world. And if we are shutting ourselves down or we're closing ourselves, we're not going to be able to experience new things. We're not going to be able to experience the world. And we might not go in a direction that would take us somewhere to our benefit. Um, me personally, I believe that we should be actively seeking life, believing that those moments will align with our path. And as we move forward, you know, we will be able to assimilate or merge on to where we're supposed to go. Now, definitely, momentum in moving forward is very, very critical. However, one must have wisdom in all things that they do. And I think a lot of wisdom comes from looking back at the trails that are being created. It will often tell us a lot about ourselves, who we are and who we were and who we want to become. We have to take the time to audit and examine ourselves to notice the the patterns and the connections of our actions and our and our predicaments connecting those dots so we can get a better idea of where this path is actually heading we can't always just leave it to chance and by being accountable we can avoid making some of the mistakes we made in the past therefore giving us a greater opportunity for success um, there is not much we can understand going forward. That is the momentum. That is the belief. That is the energy. However, when we look back and we gain the insight and the wisdom and we put those two things together, that's pretty, pretty dangerous. And last but not least, 
on this nonlinear path, it is nothing but a process. And within every process, setbacks will happen. We are destined to fail. We are destined to go on the wrong path. We are destined to make mistakes. However, we can still remain optimists and embrace our setbacks because everybody listening to this podcast, everybody that's walking this earth, everybody that is trying and striving to do better understands that a lot of where they're going is out of how they failed or how they've fallen short. Um, we must not fret on what went wrong, but we must be open and humble and grateful for the mistakes, cherishing the lessons that we come out of those, appreciating and understanding that that set failure, that trial, that tribulation, that setback was part of a curriculum of education. And then once we start embracing that and learning from that, we are better able to step on our path and go on our journey. I just want everybody to remember that there is not one path and that there is not even a right path. There is only each individual path and how you or walking a lot of times is based upon yourself. So enjoy your non-linear journey. What's up? Thank you for taking the time to tap into this podcast. If you want to follow me on social medias, you can follow me on Facebook at Joshua Broomfield. You can follow me on Instagram at VegasMr702.com. If you have any comments, feedback, or you have any suggestions for the podcast, you can go ahead and either hit me up directly on both those sites, or you can go ahead and email me at VegasMr702 at Gmail. Once again, thank you for checking out the podcast and follow me. I'll make sure to follow you back. Sex is an art. It is an essential act with the potential for unlimited, unparalleled creative power. Tapping to your sexual center can serve as a source of inspiration, motivation, and incomparable energy. I have a strong belief that sex is an art as much as it is a skill. Every woman wants to have the wettest and then the tightest. And in the world, Every man wants to claim that he is the biggest in the universe. However, these things cannot be truth to all of us. So how can we make intimacy so amazing, unforgettable, and cosmic? In the Hindu mythology tradition, Shaika is a deity or a goddess who represents the primordial life force energy. Putting the mythos aside, the energy she represents, sexual creative power. This power comes from within oneself and is an expression that is only limited by one's imagination. Sex is an opportunity for each and every one of us to unleash our creativity. Sex is different for everyone. And each person enjoys something different. You have BDSM, you have swinging, 
You have things that are more sensual. You have things that are more primal. You have things that would be considered taboo. Sex or your sexual likes are kind of like a smorgasbord of different things. And the more you try and the more you experiment and the more that you engage in, you may come to realize that you have quite a a huge sexual palette. Sex is an opportunity to release your creative energy. Sex is one of the most amazing acts that we can do. However, I believe in order to achieve this euphoric state that one must be vulnerable to a certain extent. Opening up your heart and your body to another human takes vulnerability. And this vulnerability allows us to seep into each other's most tender places. We cannot enter the place called Loveland and run wild and free if one is guarded. Your emotional spectrum before sex plays a huge role in the atmosphere you create. Your partner can be doing everything right, but if you are not invested emotionally, the effects will be lackluster. Sex is an act of creation in itself, and it doesn't matter what gender dynamic or relationship you are in. Having sex creates a sort of space force field that is built on desire, intensity, presence, and just overall primal need for satisfaction. Communication and familiarity plays a huge role in our sexual creativity. A great communication with your lover can make such a big difference. And and I don't mean telling your lover, oh, I like this, I like that. Um, I mean, talking to your lover about your dreams, your inspirations, and your aspirations. Um, in this state, it, it, it has the ability to create familiarity and create a, a common understanding of your the person that you are loving. And it can lead to the expansion of ideas and possibilities. Sharing many threads with your lover helps the dynamic of sex become more pleasurable. Sex in its purest, rawest, most natural form is designed to make us feel good. Plain and simple. When you feel good, tension is released from the body. And the more that you feel good, the more that you want. And the more that you want, the more you experience. And these experiences can be extraterrestrial and the pleasure can be engulfing upon oneself but we have to understand that that is what is designed for and it is upon us to create that atmosphere that scenario that situation And that's why I'm saying that sex 
is an art. And if sex is an art, then you are responsible for making art with your lover or your love interest. Make art with your lover. Start with words or even a tease and enjoy the process of foreplay, making Building excitement, stimulation, desire, and the teasing of intercourse. Play with energy within the atmosphere. Be conscious about the distribution of your sexual energy. Become innovative. Become creative. Become attuned with the energy that your partner is emitting and then begin to play with that. Um, when being mindful of the energy that is in the room or that the energy that is within the atmosphere, it can have a great positive impact on one's climax. And it can also help one to feel more sensation throughout the whole body. Um, when you are nearing your orgasmic peak or climax, strongly Visualize and embody anything that you are wishing to manifest. Orgasms is one of the peak states that we experience as human beings. And that energy is so powerful. And if we can harness the, the energy of the exploding planet, of the stars in our solar system, and we can be mindful and in tune with how we are reaching the pinnacle. Of pleasure. Sexual energy is universal and it is best for all. And the greatest thing about it, it is free from everyone. It comes from an unlimited source. And all it really requires is us to be intentional and in understanding with how we're going to release it. You have it already inside of you. Now, the way that you choose to let it flow out of you is only determined by you like I can be quite honest with you my energy is is quite primal it's quite dominant it's quite thick it's quite aggressive it's a very strong energy however to each their own but the question is now that you know it's an art what will you create Remember, to be more real, be more human, be more honest. Catch me next time as we continue to go under the armor.